The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Something a little different to start the show today. And if the uh, good folks at home only knew what we were just talking oh about. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was uh, equivalent to, like, Ray Lewis's pregame hype talk. That was like, know. oh, God, is this mic live? Please tell me this mic's yeah. not live. 
So, truth be told, before he jumped Yikes. into everything, I, I said to Michael Chalet, I'm like, ah, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. And he was feeling equally blasé. So just to get the conversational ball rolling, I reminded him that Kid Rock has an episode of the Classic Rock Showcase on our station, as does Michael's favorite artists, yeah. Jane's Addiction. Yeah. And then I proceeded to have the gall to correlate yeah. the two as musical equals and chaos ensued. Uh, so. There's no ethics <laughs> here at, at the studios of Big Boom Radio. None whatsoever. But I tell you, it's, it's Anything goes. For... Nothing is off limits. <laughs> nothing. So now I feel better. Now I feel creative. I'm because so we got each happy. Other I'm off. so happy you yeah. found your happy place. And as the lady says, there's nowhere to run to, nowhere uh, to hide. Back over to you, sir. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that was Martha and the Vandellas doing their 1965 single release, Nowhere to Run To. Um, you know, we had a conversation back and forth. If anybody out there knows what the hell a Vandella is, please email us and let us know. Yes, and we've eliminated the uh, onion. That's no, it's not, definitely not an okay. onion. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that was also later featured on their 1965 album, Dance Party, and uh, has been prominently featured in a number of different places and times since then. Mm -hmm. Movies, uh, prominent place in uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was a cover version of the song included in the soundtrack to the 1979 classic, The Warriors. Stay tuned, Boppers. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, that song gets around and for obvious reasons. Good. And uh, and right now you're probably sitting there going, why are they playing Motown? They don't do that. And that's exactly why we're playing Motown, <laughs> because we don't do that. Exactly. You know, we don't, unfortunately, get a chance to uh, touch much on Motown, you know, with what we do at Riffs and Rants and mm -hmm. to a larger extent, Big Boom Radio. So we decided to remedy that situation and go with a little theme with our gems today. Sure. So, uh, yes, later on in the show, you're going to hear more Motown classics. Mm -hmm. Nothing but good stuff, and we're happy to do it. And it was hard to do because there is so much oh good Motown stuff out yeah. there. And one of the things that we've always said about all the songs that we play, just music in general, I love music that's been you know, professionally done going all the way back to, I guess, the Baroque period. Yeah. Because everything leads into the next thing. Yes, it does. And it's all borrowed. And, and at this point, there's so much to, to sample from. But you could most definitely see that even though the Motown sound, as it were, stands alone, mm -hmm. its influence is still being felt today with a lot of especially popular you know, Oh, absolutely. Music. Nobody who had a band from, you know, 1970 on wasn't at least somehow influenced even, you know, just slightly or maybe peripherally by Motown. Sure. You know, it and was such an omnipresent... The are just tight. Oh, my and, God, yeah. And again, that, that sound with the different kinds of drums and the, the, the bongos yep. and everything that's yep. going... In some cases, two drum sets working at once... And of course, which we also joked about earlier when we were watching the, steps, the videos, the steps, the choreography yep, that was yep. mandatory. It was you got the full show when you went to see like Motown stuff and the CDs groups perform. You got the full. Oh show. yeah, these guys were talented performers. They weren't just yep. one-dimensional, you know, singers or, or, or you know, playing instruments and whatnot. You got the complete package with these guys. Mm -hmm. You got your money's worth. And speaking of complete package and getting your money's worth, yes. that kicks off into one of our first topics today. <laughs> that was a segue. Oh my that goodness. was a segue in terms of not getting your money's worth and not getting the complete package. Indeed. There seems to be, in um, blue cities across the nation... Have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? A little bit of a, a, a pushback. A little, little something going on. On what could best be described as lax 
execution of the law. Well, the, the, uh, you know, obviously the most prominent example of whatever the hell it is that is going on was what went down in San Francisco Yes. Uh, just recently with their now former uber-liberal district attorney. Boy lovers. Chesa Bowden, is that how you pronounce his name? I believe so. Bowden? Yes. Yeah. Got bounced. Got bounced. Had yes. the old, that, that recall that they always bandy about like a weapon yeah. actually went down and they actually voted this cat out. And that in and of itself is amazing on so many levels because, look, clearly San Francisco is the most liberal city in the country. Hard to, hard to debate that So if, if an experiment in, let's not even say lax, let's say if an experiment in revised sentencing and prosecutional tactics was going to be attempted anywhere, it would most certainly be San Francisco. No doubt. And if it was going to work anywhere, you think it would be San Francisco. You would think. But... Doesn't look that way. <laughs> and it didn't. And what was even more surprising to, to me was kind of the second layer of this story because this individual's parents yeah. were domestic terrorists. Literally, literally. part of the weather underground. <laughs> yes. Literally. This town needs an enema. And this individual was raised by someone else and yeah. brought up in a, in a proper home and given the opportunity for education and whatnot, but maintained that... I think that was... Fist shaking yeah, at the sky. Yeah, that was after you know. mom and dad went to federal prison, I right, believe. Right, right. Yeah. And... Uh, it's hard to believe these days, you know, a lot of people, like, a lot younger than we are, uh, would have trouble wrapping their brains around the idea that once upon a time, the people that blew up buildings and shit were lefties. Yeah. You know, were, <laughs> were these uber-liberals. Um, wasn't always these psycho right-wingers. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the 1970s, that's what was going on. And it's kind of like something that you would see uh, maybe in one of these... Uh, procedural police dramas where they're like, like Law and Order, they cut in, gung gung. <laughs> we just found out his mother was a domestic terrorist that bombed such and such in the 60s. Let alone the mother and the father yeah. being members of this weather underground. Yeah, and that's and a, aunts and uncles and right. whatnot. And yeah, it like involved in shootouts where people yep. died and whatnot. Now, when, this had to be out when this guy was running for office. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. I mean, it's not that hard to find out. But it doesn't necessarily uh, dictate the politics of you know the offspring of the next True. generation. You Sometimes they do mimic mom and dad. Sometimes mm -hmm. they go in the complete opposite direction. Uh, seems like this guy was more of the mimic mom and dad, at least philosophically. Right. But uh, but yeah, it didn't work. San Francisco right now has got a big problem with homelessness. They've got a big problem with crime. and uh, Public pooping on the sidewalks. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and uh, apparently, to a great degree, they held the district attorney responsible for this. They did. So now let's see what happens, because even their uber-liberal mayor has given him the proverbial stiff arm, and she's calling for it now. Uh, police reform and not so much defund the police as to fund them properly you yeah. know, and yeah. get some more boots on the streets. But that's not where the story ends because no. what we've got now is a trend. So, Well, it screams of backlash. Yeah. And, I, and I, I do feel the need to point out right now that this isn't the first incident of this happening in San Francisco. Back in February, you may remember reading, there was a recall of the uh, school board. Yes. Uh, they bumped three, three members of the, I believe, San Francisco school board the hell out of office mm -hmm. because of, quite similarly, if you will, uh, woke orthodoxy gone out of control right. and blowing up in people's faces. And as I've said before on this show, speaking for myself, not for Michael, uh, I really hate school boards everywhere. I yeah. love teachers. 
have no regard whatsoever for school boards. Oh, it's bureaucracy. It's and just, I think, yeah. you know, other than, you know, a figurehead leader of, say, that school district and a really good bean counter, you don't need a board of people. Let the teachers do their job, buy them the shit they need, move on. Yeah, really. That's a story for another day. Indeed. But, you know, back to the matter at hand. Next up, it's L.A., because now they are moving towards the process of having a recall it's, on their DA, yeah. Mr. George Gascon. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? That's how I pronounce it. Oh. I, just, I want to make fun of him if I can. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, in, in, in my opinion, voters are much more dangerous when they're scared than when they're angry. No anger doubt passes. about it. Message! No but doubt. fear lasts. Yeah, we are. And a lot of this is the actual situation on the ground, okay, mm -hmm. mixed with the media's uh, constant video of... of Random lootings where the like, looters just walk in in the middle of broad daylight, oh, yeah. and empty out you know, the cases of jewelry and then walk, you know, yeah. walk and has, right out. has been the case in L.A. for a very, very long time, mm -hmm. you know, right back to when I lived in L.A., uh, rampant homelessness. Right, right. And, and, you know, what do you do? Those little communities, they prop up under the overpasses and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's about to go down. We'll see what happens there, but... If that domino should fall, then naturally my eyes go towards other uh, Democratic stronghold cities like Chicago, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. Chicago is like the Wild West right now, yeah. literally. The, the shootings are so out of control. I don't know how the hell they're going to walk that back. Yeah. Okay? And it's the same situation. Liberal mayor, you know, they're trying to introduce these, what they consider to be more fair, but you need to move... When it comes to any, any, any kind of prosecutorial reform, yeah. you need to move in inches, not feet or yards or miles. Really? And all of these people wanted to make these drastic changes, such as eliminating cash bail. That's a pretty big fucking step there. Pardon wow. my French. But yeah, and they, tried, they even tried doing that in New York, too, and it's having the same effect. So we're keeping New York out of the conversation right now because not that they don't have their own spate of issues, yeah. but there seems to be strictly just crime-related, you know, yeah. between shootings and stabbings and, and the situation going on in the subways where... Oh, God, you know, subways in New York? Yeah, The major business insanity. leaders in Manhattan are getting together with the mayor and saying, look, we'll send our people back to work in the offices when you clean up the subway. Because yeah. right now, especially after that poor guy got shot in the face in the subway on his way to a brunch for... Um, Shearson Lehman? I, no, it was one of the brokers' Yeah, that was, that was just the latest incident, too. Right. You had people getting shoved in front of trains and constantly, shit like that. Constantly, yeah. But really, I'm thinking more, like I said, in concern of Chicago. Maybe it's a lost cause already. They're celebrating finally getting their first big casino within the city limits. <laughs> Seriously? Whoa. Seriously. I mean, maybe there should be a spot on there roulette wheel for... You'll get to go home alive. You know, mm. oh, yeah, I'm a big winner. Yeah, really? Because seriously, it's like when they put one up close to home in Springfield, Mass., okay, which is not exactly the nicest town. No. They were so proud because they put up one of these real quickie, like, MGM casinos. And yeah. What it was going to bring to the city and this and that. Yeah. And my first thought was, well, good luck getting there. And then where, <laughs> where are you going to park your car, you know? Yeah. yeah. One of those places where you get out of your car and some guy right? comes walking up and says... I'll watch your car for a dollar. <laughs> and I'll let you live for two. Right. Cash. So then, you know, Philadelphia now is, had just entered the fray. They've had a, a recent spate of shootings in their more touristy areas. So now all their, the, the powers that be in Philly are looking at themselves like, look, this is just starting here. We well, have an yeah. opportunity to perhaps nip it in the bud. Well, when it spreads out of the ghetto, you know, where, you know, 
politicians can pretty much ignore it mm-hmm. and starts to get into you know the 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 uh, areas of town that actually generate revenue like right. the tourist spots mm-hmm. now suddenly we have to pay attention right and you know in a lot of ways and like when you first brought this up to me as a potential topic earlier this week uh, particularly the San Francisco situation the first thing that came to my mind was backlash mm-hmm. you know this is where some of this woke ideology bullshit is now coming back to haunt people. It's coming home to roost. Right. Um, but I think the big question is, who's behind the backlash? I think mm-hmm. people are making an incorrect assumption that somehow it's conservatives. I don't think it is. I think particularly in the case of San Francisco, I think it's moderate liberals like myself who aren't digging you know, the the... the uh, the extreme quote unquote progressives mm-hmm. and their bullshit woke ideology. Right. You know, I think that's you know some of us saying we're done with this and we're mm-hmm. done with you. Right. Well, if you think about it, especially we're really all the cities we've mentioned, but especially San Francisco, there's a lot of a lot of history, a lot of art, a lot of yep. famous architecture, oh, yeah. as well as sculptures and, and and beautiful public spaces designed for the enjoyment of, of all. And to the liberal minded voter. These are some of the things that are being taken away by this crime, and that they will not tolerate. Yeah. Okay. And in the case of the other cities, a lot of the voices I think are, are coming from the the populace that is in many cases old money that mm-hmm. lives there yeah. down Park Row or wh- whatever that section of that city is, where it's nothing but these you know turn of the century brownstones where all the very elite live. Yeah. When the crime comes, like you said, when the crime comes to their streets, action gets taken. Right. You could hide this shit in the ghettos or the rundown areas, and you could buy off the populace with promises of this and that. Oh, yeah. But once you come uptown, you need to produce some results or oh, your yeah. ass is done. Oh, yeah. I had a ringside seat to the L.A. riots uh, back in uh, 1994, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of interesting, you know, because it happened so fast. But, you know, that first night when it was downtown, it was like, eh, whatever. You know, let them burn their own houses down. Right. Once it started spreading and getting into the areas, you know, where you had a lot more money, like Brentwood, uh, it started looking like those places were threatened. Suddenly, you know, the call came out to do something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the idea that, you know, the backlash is coming, you know, not from the quote-unquote other side, but from people on the same, of, or of the same political ilk, is completely not unprecedented. Uh, look what just happened to... Uh, that idiot from North Carolina, uh, Madison Cawthorn, mm-hmm. he got bounced by his own people. Yes. All right? The, the liberals didn't get him. Yeah. And the hits keep coming on him, too. Something oh. else just surfaced about taxes he hasn't paid now. And yeah. Really, unfortunately, framing this guy to be a real scumbag. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> go away and stay away. Don't help us. We don't want you on right. our side. Thank you. Amazing how things go down when their PR team leaves them, huh? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Spin that, yeah. you know. So again, it, it it begs the question, you know, and and I even threw in Baltimore, but let's face it, Baltimore's a lost cause. Yep. And it's just you know years and years of, and this is what makes them stand out. And I'm I don't enter it as a debate point, but these are historically Democratic-run cities, and mm-hmm. maybe that's another reason why New York, which has dabbled in both Democratic and Republican mayors over the years, um, New York kind of cycles, and we've seen yeah. it since going back to the '60s. Made it through, like, I think two different bankruptcies under different types of administrations. Yeah. The crime rate, it comes and it goes, and just the overall descent comes and goes. Yeah. But a lot of these other cities, they kind of make, like, a, a steady decline. I mean, even in, in Philadelphia, you can make the argument that 
Philly used to be very tough on crime. Yeah. And I recall an incident, I think it was the very early 90s, where Mayor Wilson Good, black gentleman, yeah. had bombed this... Um, they weren't a cult... Ah, I remember the, this. The, I remember move, this. Yes. Move was the name of it. Yeah. And he took out like a whole block of, the, of these tenements <laughs> that they lived in, firebombed them, okay? That, that's a bit heavy-handed. When the mayor starts firebombing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, when the black mayor, no less, goes into the ghetto and starts firebombing. <laughs> that's when you can tell he's under a little bit of pressure. Yeah. But again, it's just one of those things. And, and Philly, look, I mean, as much as I tease that city, they've got their own dynamic there. Yeah. It's, it's very blue-collar. And you don't see, again, like you've seen sometimes in New York, yeah. a mayor that's, say, instantly at odds with the boys in blue. You right. know, it, it tends to be a synergy in Philadelphia between, you know, the fire department, the, the police, the first responders, whoever's in the mayor's office. And they all kind of get along, and they're, they're, if nothing else, they tend to be a bit more practical yeah. than some of these other cities. Yeah. But again, Philadelphia, other than the obvious touristy spots, is home of a lot of historical buildings. Oh, God, you know? yes, absolutely. Um, you know, as is Baltimore. It's another very old city, rich rich in culture and American history. Yeah. It's a shame to see it go to the dogs because, you know, it's only a matter of time before it, it, it reaches those real yeah. touristy points. I mean... Before this idiot ideology gets out of control. Right. And, and this is why I say, you know, Baltimore... The, the seaport area and the waterfront in Baltimore used to be wonderful. Yeah. Lots of great hotels, super-duper restaurants yeah. all along the waterfront. People just get mugged left and right there now. Wow. You know, I know of a guy, it was my friends, like fitness and, uh, let's say, martial arts, if not self-protection instructors, was that with his wife visiting there, got mugged. And just <laughs> got the shit kicked out of him, you know. Ooh. So it's just like nobody's really safe in Baltimore. That's why The Wire was so popular and easy to do because yeah. everybody knows Baltimore is a war zone. Yeah. And I'd hate to see that happen to any other cities. But this is one of those stories where I don't have any suggestions, nor is there a solution in sight. We're yeah. just drawing upon the fact that the, the wokeness and the ideology and these, this constant barrage of ideas to kind of... Yeah you know, create something for the greater good. Yeah. They're falling by the wayside now. Well, and people are starting to say, look, yeah. let's get our shit together. Getting back to bitch slapping the progressives, which anybody who's listened to our show for more than a week <laughs> or two knows I am want to do from time to time. Uh, one of the things that amuses the shit out of me is, you know, how tone deaf um, our progressive brethren can be. And a good example is, is you know, Chesa Bowden, when he got bounced, claimed that the recall was funded by "quote unquote" right-wing billionaires. Oh yeah, yeah. And and you know, Republicans are those that were uh, duped by them, or something along mm -hmm. those lines. Something really fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. um, you want to tell me? And he'll continue the fight, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to tell me that sixty percent of the San Francisco voters who bounced your silly ass right. are? Republican billionaires are those who are duped by them. And how well does that work when you turn on your constituents yeah. who put your ass in the office mm -hmm. that now decided you're not right for them? Yeah, and now I'm going to full on do a Johnny, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to bitch slap AOC. Oh, my goodness. Yes, talking about tone deaf. You're going to get kicked out of the fan club for You know, this. It's, it's, it's bound to happen eventually. <laughs> uh, apparently, she got her you know panties in a bunch earlier this week uh, over... Uh, her fellow congressman not glomming on to the idiot term Latinx, la yes. Latinx um, despite the fact that the vast majority of Latins don't dig the term, consider it condescending, Extremely. really don't identify it yep. with it, and yep. yet she's got a fucking problem with this? Yep. 
wake up, sweetheart. Yeah. Wake up. You yeah, know, well, she needs to remember that. The, uh, I mean, because all this is now coming to forefront, too, not to get completely off topic, but it being Pride Month. So everybody's got to somehow, some way, have some kind of narrative that's got something to do with Pride Month. Okay. And when she started with that, you know, the thing I would say to her is the minority communities in this country have a, each one has a very different perception of how to address their particular. Um, alternative lifestyle situations, right. let's say, okay? Right. And that's the super nice way of saying it. The not-so-nice way of saying it is she forgets how religious the Latino community is. Oh, and yeah. many times, if all of the popular religions, you know, not just Catholicism, yeah. but a lot of them out there are not real big fans of the gay lifestyle. Just like yeah. in the black community, the Baptist community is not very they're, accepting. They're not, they're of not the all gays. that progressive in this respect. Right. It's true. So to come out and just say... And again, she's probably drawing on her wealth of experience as a professional bartender. Right. I don't know shit about fuck. <sighs> yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I, I understand the progressives and, you know, I understand the need um, to push for progress, to push us into the future and to bring new ideas to the table and whatnot. But the one thing I've always had a problem with on... The left, and I am a lifelong lefty. Card carrying, yes. Indeed, is their lack of pragmatism. Yeah. You know, these things would, a lot of these ideas would work perfectly in a utopian society, but we don't live in a utopian society, right. kids. Wake the fuck up. And they refuse to bend their vision to the practicalities of reality, which is stupid. And if and they would. Short sighted. You know, I'm not saying that always the right's going to be mature enough to meet them halfway, but. That's a great place to start, oh, is yeah. to temper your expectations so that yeah. there can be a meeting point. And one more time, since I've said this once or twice before, I'm going to say it again. This is why they fucking hate us. <laughs> and you always fear what you don't understand. <laughs> really? Indeed, indeed. But don't get too out of hand, my friend, because you might be subject to a recall. Oh, my goodness. So we'll, we'll await with bated <laughs> breath what happens in uh, L.A. And uh, you know what? I, I got a feeling, my friend, that this is one of those stories that we've just decided to touch on yeah. that is going to bear a little more national fruit yeah. in, in the coming weeks. You know, my heart goes out to my adopted hometown of Los Angeles, California. I do love those folks dearly. I've always said that huge difference between Boston where, which is my hometown, mm -hmm. and my adopted hometown of L.A., is in L.A. they don't just pay lip service to the you know, liberal philosophy. They actually, for better or for worse, they live it. Right. Unlike these fucking NIMBY idiots in Boston. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I, I do feel for them. I do feel for the problems that they're, they're dealing with. You know, the homeless problem goes all the way back to you know, the early uh, to mid-1980s when I first moved out there. You know, and it's coming to a head now. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you know, I, I, you know, I don't pray, but if I did, I'd pray for you guys. Right. I really would. Because, and I, I uh, you know, you know, to to piggyback on that, you know, give credit where credit is due. California has managed to create a reality where they are known, and in many cases justifiably so, as a liberal state that's more accepting of uh, of people and their ways of life and a lot of things, much more so than the East Coast, or most certainly the center of the country. Yeah. And to be able to pull that off, and not always in a, in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, because yeah. like you said, many times they walk the walk, and not just talk the oh, talk. Yeah, for better or worse. And even if I don't agree with a, a lot of that, 
you know what? You, you need to have two sides of every coin constantly, the yin and the yang. Yeah, and at least you're fucking honest about it. Right, right. You know? The thing is just to, to temper it with a little bit of pragmatism. A little bit of common sense, maybe. Yes, because yes. otherwise you'd be running from everything from <laughs> the homeless people to shotgun weddings. And on that note... Yes, let's do a jam, Johnny. Let's do a middle jam. Here's like one that it. I plucked out of... Uh, Wow, just a rich barrel of Motown choices. I know. Yeah, it's just fun. And we're trying to forget the fact that it was once used as the intro music for the Cosby Show. Was it really? Yes. Oh, man. But other than that, it's just an amazing, famous song. Yeah, so, you, can't, you can't hold that <laughs> against the song. Right, it's know? not the song's fault. No. <laughs> Unless Cosby drugged all of them and then signed the paperwork oh, to use it. I don't know. Goodness. But here we go for our middle gem, <laughs> a little ditty by Junior Walker and the All-Stars, known as Shotgun. Hit me, Johnny. All right, let's hit him with this, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff.
There you go. A little classic Motown right there. Classic. Like I said, folks, they're all classics. Yes. Uh, and that one, you know, just, I, I, I love it. It's very, very funky. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really the epitome of Motown. It truly is for a number of different reasons. Yeah, it is one of those songs that immediately comes to mind when we talk about the genre. Yeah. Immediately. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, of course, Junior Walker and the All-Stars, Shotgun. Mm -hmm. It was released as a single on a Motown subsidiary label called Soul Records uh, back in 1965. Okay. And a little fun fact, this was Junior Wells' debut as a vocalist. Huh, okay. Apparently, the guy that they hired to come in and do the session didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Junior stepped up, and the rest, as they say, is history. History. Excellent. And, uh, And, yeah, quite a tune... To start your start your career as a vocalist, on right, it, right. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, good thing you carry a tune, otherwise it would have been screwed. <laughs> yeah, Technology not being what it is today back indeed, then. Indeed, indeed. So. All right, all right, all right. Moving right along. Moving right along, and to no direct correlation to our subtopic no, today. None at all. It was uh, the rarest of rarities. It was a chance for. One of uh, Hollywood's more prolific professional pretenders, say that fast five times, right. to step forward from the primordial ooze of wokeness. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And speak to the American people in a way very few others in our lifetime have been able to do. Yeah. And we're, of course, talking about uh, one Matthew McConaughey speaking in front of the White House press corps yep. uh, after the events of. Uh, I guess about two weeks ago now, yeah. uh, down in Texas with the horrific school shooting, and he, um, you know, he has an agenda because he's from that hometown. So that his, is his hometown. Yeah, his agenda comes from a genuine place of caring, and he pulled off the uh, near impossible feat of being able to appeal in his just raw common sense and and empathy. Very much so. Both sides of the argument where professional electorate uh, officials have been unable to come even close yeah. to. you got to admit, it took a lot of balls on his part mm-hmm. to step up and do this, and then to be as effective as he was. Right. Uh, was just... I mean, I went back and listened to it for a second time. Uh, today is part of show prep, mm-hmm. and it hit me even harder the second time yeah. I listened to it as it did the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy was speaking from the heart, um, it was the epitome of sincerity. Right. You know, that was probably one of the biggest differences between this and so many other quote unquote celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, diatribes is that he wasn't being condescending. Right. You know, he wasn't speaking, you know, from a holier than thou perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, really was speaking from the heart. You could see the guy was wrestling with the emotion of the moment. Right. Right. You know, he was having a real hard time with it. And, uh, and he fleshed out his points. Yeah. It wasn't a series of sound bites and marching orders cobbled together yep. okay, by handlers or those that he was speaking for. Yeah, no bullshit rhetoric right. at all. It was from him. And the simple fact that he was able to, you know, if not flesh out, but to, to touch upon the sensibilities and concerns on both sides of the gun control argument, if you yeah. will, yeah. in a rational, plain-spoken way. You really you, you can't laud enough praise on this. And, you know, for me, my biggest reaction to it was not only, wow, that, that was really well done, yeah. but the reaction of both media camps it was so positive. Yeah. And in some cases, in spite of themselves. Yeah. Across the board, you know, I, I watched The Five on Fox, and in this one particular day... 
uh, I was very happy to see they had Tulsi Gabbard as the liberal voice yeah. sitting in on that session. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just a, a fan of hers for whatever reason. But all of them in lockstep, you could tell it never, even the snarkiest one among them, Greg Gutfeld, just had to take his hat off and say, that was just so well done yeah. and, and genuine. And he, the way he was, again, just like I said, the way he was able to address these concerns where these professional politicians, each with their own personal think tank at the ready to do their bidding, yeah. could not have stated his arguments better. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when I was watching it today, you know, as I was watching it, I was making points. I was mm -hmm. jotting down points as to why this was just amazingly impactful. Well, you're going to share, aren't um, Yeah. All right. Please um, do. Uvalde was his hometown. Mm -hmm. um, he was coming from a very bipartisan position. Uh, he was, like I said, completely sincere. Mm -hmm. He was speaking as a parent. He was speaking as a gun owner. Uh, he put the gun, he put guns in the context of a quote-unquote tool, and he spoke of responsible gun ownership. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he obviously, like I said, was struggling with the emotion of the moment. I mean, he couldn't have been more honest. You know, it, his sincerity was overwhelming. Uh, he put the Second Amendment in its proper context. You know, he spoke of the complexity of the situation and the solutions to the situation, obviously. Right. Um, and one of the key, key phrases that, that really stood out to me was he said, responsible gun owners are sick of the Second Amendment being used to prevent gun, uh, uh, common sense gun legislation. You know, he just, he put that right on the line. Right. You know, that, you know, the vast majority of gun owners are tired of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, not, a, not a word of what he said was rhetorical. Right. You know, um, he spoke in context of Americans, you mm -hmm. know, like we're all Americans. He spoke like, you know, this is a group of us. He made reference to great American leaders which we seem to be kind of lacking right now. And you know what? It, it's funny you should mention that because all of our best American orators, and it could be Lincoln, Kennedy, Reagan, even Bill Clinton, yeah. they had a way in all of their major speeches to never isolate one side from the other, yeah. but refer to us as a whole. Yeah. Okay. And I think when you're trying to persuade people, and this is, you know, uh, you know, persuasion 101 that you learn in college. Yep. You need to be able to appeal to both sides. You don't want to alienate anybody. Yeah, and he had obviously spoken to both sides. Right. And he put a completely human uh, element to the victims. Mm -hmm. You know, he spoke of, you know, these kids that, you know, tragically died and their goals in life. And he spoke about of nature. Camilla's got these shoes. Can you show these shoes, please? Wore these every day. Green Converse with a heart on the right toe. These are the same green Converse on her feet that turned out to be the only clear evidence that could identify her after the shooting. You know, kind of uh, trying to make the loss of life matter, mm -hmm. you know, which was just no one talks like that. No right. one has spoken like that since this craziness began, you know, maybe with Columbine back in 97, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I'll tell you a thing that completely fucking annoyed me, and this is, again, if you've listened to the show once or twice, a, a point I hit on constantly. He talked about the over-sensationalism mm -hmm. of the coverage. Right. You could hear a pin drop, you know, while he was speaking. You could mm -hmm. hear a pin drop when he finished. Right. The minute he finished and everybody realized he was finished 
the media jackals in attendance all started shouting questions at him. Mm -hmm. It was fucking embarrassing. Yeah. It was like, what is fucking wrong with you people? Did, yeah. you, did you not hear a word that the man said in the last 20 yeah. minutes? And here's the beauty of it. Here, here's what our best case and worst case scenarios are. Best case is it gets enough play, which I, I think it has on most of the media outlets. Yeah. But we hope that enough people listen to it. I mean, really listen to it and kind of realign everybody's stance on the issue and, yeah. and realizing what's most important is, in fact, a solution. Yeah. Not the good guys, the bad guys. You're taking this from me. I'm giving that to you. Focus on the solution. And really, after an impassioned bipartisan plea like this, yeah. if nothing changes, we've got nobody to blame yep. but all of those empty suits sitting in Washington. Yeah. From yep. both sides of the aisle, I'm not going to blame any because at this point there is... You're all fucking guilty. All guilty, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't want to have to be shamed into realizing how simple and things can be yeah. by, again, a professional pretender because you know I hate <laughs> when Hollywood types get up there and tell me how to live. Yeah. But you know what? When one of them, very surprisingly, pleasantly surprisingly, comes across as a guy I would sit and have a beer with and just break it down at the brass tacks like that. Yeah. Even me, I felt there was like a little ashamed. I'm like, you know what? I, I need to stop blaming liberals and, 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 and assuming that their idea of gun, gun control means taking the guns literally out of everybody's hands. Yeah. You know, there's much more to this than meets the eye. Oh, yeah. Well, that was what was so refreshing about the perspective he, he was coming from was he wasn't talking about taking guns away from anybody. Right. Though I think you and I both agree because it's a common sense thing that there is no way in hell you could justify in a million fucking years an AR-15 being in the hands of an 18-year-old. Right. There's no way. That's, that's no way. That's absurd. No way. You know, but he... And like I said, maybe everybody watching this will, in their own way, feel a little shame, because I think we all should. Yeah. Because, you know, never mind America is the most powerful country in the world, blah, blah, blah. The American voter is, in many ways, the most powerful person in the world. Yeah. When they choose to be. Oh, okay? yeah. A couple years ago, from what I read, we elected a black man president in this country. Yes, we did. Okay? And it wasn't even fucking close. Yeah. Because people from both sides says, you know what? It's time. This guy's got a different vision. It's time for change. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what happened afterwards, you know, that day, even though I did not vote for the man, was one of my proudest days in my lifetime as an American. Because for once, Agreed. we stood for everything that we said we stood for. Yeah. So that being said, you're going to tell me now that we can en en enact some form of change, even if it's baby steps, yeah. towards solving this problem and not sitting on our hands until the next one happens. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you, that you say that. You know, after the Sandy Hook thing, I kind of gave up on this. It was yeah. just like, this, this is just insanity that's going to rampage unchecked, you know, until, fuck, I don't know. And, like, after listening to this guy, it was like, there was almost a slight sense of hope. It was like he, mm -hmm. he mentioned, and God, I hope he was right, that there's something different about this one. Right. You know? And, and again, he challenged everybody as Americans to step up, mm -hmm. to, you know, to live up to our ideals. You know, he pointedly said that, you know, enough, you know, rock throwing at each other, at, you know, politically, that this, this isn't a political thing. You know, it's gone far, far beyond that. Mm -hmm. You know, and now it's, 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 you know, like I said, people have to step up. Right. You know, take a, take a very real and they need to look do at what now. just happened. Because you know? the American public, their attention span is very short. We yeah. get stuff thrown on us every day. 
And you know as well as I do that a lot of people there are still not going to see the light. Yeah. And they're going to purposely throw out things to distract us from coming to a resolution no on this. No doubt about it. But people, they've got to be smart. You know, no one's going to save us from this. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Time to shut the fuck up, Ted Cruz. Right. Time to step back. Shut the fuck up. Somebody's you know? got to save us from this. And it, it's going to have to be us. So. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And we're without not going to get doubt. preachy, but yeah, we're talking to every single one of you out there in a range of our voice. Do something. Yeah. Whether it's go out and vote, vote your conscience, your heart, your mind, whatever, but be active. Do do something, yeah. okay? So it's not your kid, oh, God yeah. forbid, you're going to be reading about. Yeah, my, my late father was fond of saying, when your ass is on fire, do something. Right. You know, <laughs> and true. yeah, we're talking in... Fucking inferno right now, folks. Uh-huh. You know, if this situation doesn't move you, you know, he was talking about the kid with the with the rose on her green Converse, mm-hmm. and that's what they needed to identify her. Right. I mean, put yourself in that position. Put yourself in that parent, the parent's position. Right. I mean, that's and, and understandably, a lot of these parents are you know furious and even more heartbroken because the first responders failed that day. They did. Okay. But more importantly than that, again, you've got to look. Past that. that. That will get resolved. Yeah, okay? this, this isn't the time to blame somebody. What's right. done is done. Because that will turn into yet another distraction. Yeah. So that one side can now say, well, see, armed security officers don't work because even when they do, they lost these kids. You know? yeah. And again, it's, it's going to get lost in a morass yeah, you're of missing the fucking point if that's, your, if that's your response to this. You're missing yep. the point completely. And that being said, I guess we'll see now if Matthew McConaughey does, in fact, have political aspirations. <laughs> you know, there's been, like, a talk of it, and then you would draw on the fact that it's, it's probably more other people trying to create the narrative of I, perhaps I tend he to, should run. I tend to think so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think this was part of any kind of agenda that he may have had. Yeah, because I, mean, I tell you what, if he keeps doing what he's doing and took that more seriously... He could have more of an effect than a president ever could. Really? You know, a, a spokesperson that we can all get behind. Imagine the concept. Yeah, yeah, I know. Crazy, Imagine isn't it? the concept. Crazy, crazy. So on that note, yes. let's jump into an early third gem. Let's we still do got this. The let's get on recap, this, shall yeah. we? Yeah. What do you got for us? Uh, we got a little classic from The Temptations. Uh, you know, and again, you know, trying to, trying to sort out three gems from this just massive list of... Nigh of, impossible. Oh, my God, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, uh, but this one in particular, you and I, you know, three notes in, we're like, yep, that's yep, it. That's, that's our it. third gem. <laughs> uh, this is a song from The Temptations called Can't Get Next to You. That's right. So enjoy this tune, folks, and we'll be right back with, yes, as you suspected, more things. <laughs>
Yes. Let's hear it for the temptation. As a rocking tune. Absolutely. And if we didn't use that, you know, we did want to do uh Papa, Papa was a Rolling Stone. Stone. Oh, it's just man. too damn long now. Twenty minutes plus, I think, <laughs> isn't it? You can smoke a pack of cigarettes while that song's still playing. But uh, but yeah, that that can't get next to you was a mm-hmm. viable alternative, definitely, and and represents how edgy the temps were. Yeah, they really were. Yeah. You know, for a band of that era, um, that was of course can't get next to you. It was the second signal from the Temps' 1969 album Puzzle People. Okay, which go figure what the hell that means. <laughs> but uh, interesting uh, interesting factoid about can't get next to you. It uh, it not it was a number one t- number one hit. For the temps, and it knocked out the Archie's tune, Sugar, Sugar. Wow. For that, we should be just... We just, really should be eternally yeah, grateful. Eternally grateful <laughs> for them doing that. Thank you, guys. Wow. Uh, two weeks later, uh, it was... Can't Get Next to You was knocked out of the top spot by the Elvis classics, Suspicious Minds. Oh, okay. But, okay. Uh, but it served its purpose... Sank the Archies, right. so there we go. Well, they never had to go head-to-head against Captain and Tennille, apparently. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So all hail the Temptations. Yeah, no, good tune. And, yeah. and really, I, I enjoyed all of our Motown tunes, and we'll good have fun. to revisit this again I in the future. I definitely think we should. That, right? was, that was good fun. So. Nobody gets left out. We are 1,000% inclusive on this Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Unless you're a, a D-bag. Yeah, yeah then, then you can go listen to some other podcasts. That's the asterisk of the thing, right, <laughs> right. there. So. so what's going on in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? So much stuff. Johnny's been a busy bee this week. All right. Uh, happily, we've got uh, two new additions to the wow, Classic Rock Showcase. You have been working overtime. I have. So it was uh, long overdue because of their, their singular sound and a large following. We went with uh, 38th Special. Okay which was easier than I thought to do a full hour on them. Interesting. And uh, also Thin Lizzy. Nice. Which I was going to do months ago, and it just kind of fell by the wayside. But they, too, very easy to, to fill an hour worth. Okay. And it was one of those that I was you know, paying very close attention to as I was recording the show. Right. Because I was just getting into the music and nice. enjoying it. Nice. You know, some of these you could put on autopilot, you know. And yeah. Well, it's a shame with, you know, a lot of times with bands like Thin Lizzy where there's only one or two tunes that classic rock radio focuses on, and you miss the entire back catalog, which, you know, quite frankly, frequently is better than the tunes that classic rock radio tends to kill. And I I will say this, in a mighty, because it's rare, uh, tip of the hat to, let's say, in this case, Sirius XM, I find that um, a lot of their stuff is is repeated much more so than you would expect yeah. from something as huge as Sirius XM. Yeah, really. But um, overall, and this goes to all their channels across the board, a great source of uh, unsung B-sides from okay. them. Yeah. And they've done a lot in the well, six months now that I've been listening to it actively. Okay. Um, across the board, whether it's listening to the station uh, First Wave, where it's all like new age, uh, new wave like eighty stuff, right? Or the uh, the classic vinyl, or the classic rewind, which is the cassette era of classic nice. rock. Nice, all right. Where I got these tunes from, a lot of like fantastic B sides. In some cases, songs I've never heard. Wow. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Johnny, don't forget this. This is the <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> reciting it to myself. Yeah. And the minute I get in the door home, it's like, oh, I forgot that one. Yep. You know. Yep. But yeah, it's been an invaluable source. Even listening to uh, Little Steven's Underground Garage, which nice. we both treat with reverence. Yes, we do. Um, because they'll mix up all kinds of genres and, and decades. A lot of great B-sides that have got me thinking, wow, maybe I, I could do a thing on them or them. And Dig a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Nice. So that's what's up with that. And you know All what? Right. I even found a, a little anecdote, because uh, I think you had asked me at one point uh, why they called Thin Lizzy. I think it's I did. kind of a weird name. I, uh, yeah, it is. It's about some anorexic chick. Like, what's I going know, on with really? that? Seriously. Uh, no, not, nothing as grandiose as that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was actually named after a, uh, a character uh, in some show or some movie. I think it was a robot, and its name was Thin Lizzy. All right. Um, and... Because it was a robot, maybe it was like Tin Lizzy, and that's how it worked in. Because in Dublin, you know, yeah, it's an Irish yeah, band, yeah. they would just skip the H and just call it Tin Lizzy. <laughs> okay. So it's got something to do with that. Nothing more nice. elaborate. You know, personally, I, I think the name behind Molly Hatchet was much more ornate and interesting. Yes. Or Spando Ballet. Okay. <laughs> we need to do that little snippet again. Yeah, you don't need to Bizarre have Bizarre band names and where yeah. they came well, from. We should, but you know, it's not a prerequisite. You know? <laughs> no, but it helps. Yeah. I mean, I, I will always have. Uh, an infinite amount of respect for Phil and and Thin Lizzy, uh, courtesy of a story that I heard from uh, guys who crewed for Thin Lizzy. And, okay. and that was when Phil would sit them down and, and interview them. The only question he would ask is, <laughs> can you fight? If you could fight, you're in. Fair enough. That's so rock and roll, man. That is such an Irish stereotype, Isn't too. It though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, and I have to point out, I didn't throw any rocks at 38 Special. Okay. I restrained myself. Uh-huh. Okay. I know it's not one of your favorites. You no, kind of lump them along you know. with the, the Brothers Doobie. Yeah, well, it's you know the whole <laughs> 80s bad flashback thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, uh-huh. all good. All good. But he, even with uh, 38 Special, there was a couple tunes mixed in there where I was like, well, now, I, I did not expect this or remember right. that they had, had done it because they did not... In this case, get a lot of airplay. Like right. they were, they were enough that you would recognize. Yeah, I remember that song. Interesting. But yeah, they would, like the ones at Thirty Eight Special, you would always hear would be "Hold On Loosely" sure. or "Second Chance." Yeah. But you know, hey, tune respect. in, folks, they, and you'll they, learn a whole lot more. Yeah, they could play. They had hits. You know. Right. Which is the uh, it's the main and still only goal of the Classic Rock Showcase yeah. is to introduce and or celebrate the contributions of all these bands for one reason or another yep. and to garner interest. Absolutely. Which you can go even deeper, and I could say with, with no hesitation, you know, the reason I even started Big Boom Radio in the first place clearly was not to make money. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was to help... I'm shocked, Johnny. Shocked right. to hear this. It was to help <laughs> protect and, and, and save and share this wonderful genre of music because... All of the the other services available do not do it service. They don't. Have, is, they don't do it. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's true. fair deal. You know, it's, it's true because you still hear like the three or four songs by all these famous groups that got <laughs> airplay. Yep. The forgotten stuff and the whys and the hows. This came about and how this band connects with that band. Yep. That magical aspect of music that really only true audiophiles. Um, get a chance to appreciate because they make the effort to go sure. to the old vinyl stores. An admirable and goal, to say the least. Right, and here we hand it to people, and that's also why on most of my shows, you know, I, I told you, I'm not meant to be a DJ. I'm not there to entertain people. The music entertains people. Yep. So you don't need me to, you know, read you facts about, you know, bands, how many records they sold when they started, who the whole lineup has been for the last thirty years. Yeah. People can get that off a of wiki. What they can't get is the amount of music that I've been able to mine over these years yeah, man. and and put this stuff together in a nice, neat format. So in most cases, once you're listening to any episode of the Classic Rock Showcase, within three songs, you know if that band is for you yep. or if they're not, yeah. you know? And sometimes you get turned on by somebody and, and once the hour is over, you're like, you know what? I need to go download me some 
albums from these cats because I, I, I dig their sound. Those oh, have yeah. been hidden from me and not all like these years. Pleasantly surprised at a right. band who had more good music than mm-hmm. what you heard, like overly played to right. death on classic rock radio. And even for the young people who just, you know, kind of dismiss us as their parents' rock and roll, <laughs> you know, what's better than, and I've had this happen many times, they'll, they'll listen to one of these acts and be like, oh, that sounds like this band I listen to now called such and such, and they get to correct themselves <laughs> and realize that their band now called such and such is a ripoff or based on one of these other trailblazers. Yep. You know, that's yep. the circle of life that gets overlooked all too often. Indeed it is. And look, man, I pay my ASCAP dues. These guys all get their money and, and royalties because that's how it has to be. Yep. And uh, hopefully we'll keep it alive in our little corner of the universe for another, hell, as long as my voice works, I'll probably still be doing this. Hey, man, we can only <laughs> do what we can do, and we're going to keep on doing it Yep. until we drop. So that being said, my friend, we yes. come to another uh, episode ending. Uh, thank you, everybody, as always, for tuning in, listening to us ramble. Good fun. And maybe you walked away with one or two new perspectives on things. Ah, let's hope so. Maybe. So as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. <laughs>